Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. Once a year, we like to take a Sunday where we want to kind of uh, talk about God's biggest priority in life, uh, and for us in our faith and our religion, and that is missions, that is sharing the gospel. How many of you know that before Jesus went to heaven, the last time he spoke to anybody on earth, he literally gave us a mission? Anybody know that? Does anybody know that? Two people know that. Well, good. I'm here to tell you that Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples. This is what's called the Great Commission. This is Matthew 28, okay? So this is the thing that the disciples were literally designed to do, that all of us were designed to do. And so when we focus on the mission that God has given us as Christians to go into the world, to tell people the good news, the great news, the best news that you could possibly get, better than the doorbusters at Best Buy on Friday, I'm telling you, the best news of Jesus Christ. Now, when we do that, there is a blessing that comes into our lives as a church and as individuals. And so we want to, uh, to share and to take some time today to talk not only about missions, but to talk about how our church has been investing in missions. And one of the ways that we're going to do that is we wanted to find some special messages from two of the missionary families that we actually support as a church. So we have some videos today that uh, are right from, from the mission field. And then we're going to talk about some missions uh, opportunities we have next uh, year. And then I have a brief devotional I wanted to share with you today that I believe God has for us. Does that sound okay with you guys? That sounds fantastic. Good. All right. So the first thing is how many of you know, uh, have heard of Aaron and Susie Hoover? Let me see your hands. If you ever heard of them, let me see your hands. If you've ever actually met them when they've been here at our church. So about most of our church, that's great. Aaron and Susie Hoover are from, uh, actually Aaron and I went to college together in Florida. And then he moved with an organization called YWAM to, to originally to Germany where he met his wife, Susie and Aaron and Susie got married and they have a calling in their lives to minister with an area called the 1040 window. That's a latitude, longitude thing, which represents the most unreached part of the world. 99% of that part of the world has never heard the gospel. Most people there are Muslim or Buddhist or a variety of other religions and don't know Jesus and never actually had the gospel message presented to them. Now, they moved to Athens, Greece a little while ago, about a year or so ago, and have actually, and they thought, God, this is not in the 1040 window. And immediately, as soon as they moved, the Syrian refugee crisis broke out, and that through Athens has been the gateway to Europe of where all of these refugees are coming from. Now, Syria is in the Middle East, and Syria is a part of the 1040 window. And so what Aaron and Susie have been doing there is they've been building a team and they've been working with those refugees and setting up ministry opportunities in Athens, Greece. And so uh, we have a, a message from them, a little update. I'd love to hear from them. They're going to tell us about what they've been doing. So let's take a look. Hey, Encounter Church family, this is Aaron and Susie, your missionaries to Athens, Greece. We are so pumped to be able to be a part of your mission Sunday. We want to update you on everything that's going on. But most importantly, we want you to meet our awesome new daughter, Eleni. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, we had a very good time in Germany. The birth went really well, as you can see. And um, yeah, we just had a good time of visiting people, friends, and family. <laughs> so yeah, we're really glad with this past season we had, and even being able to get a car, raising money for that. And yeah, thank you so much again for that. Yeah, your support's been really a blessing to us over the last season. Yeah, so now we're back here in Athens. We're just kind of readjusting to everything that uh, that we do here, trying to figure out how it works as now three people and not just two. 
And uh, yeah, one of the newest things that we're working on is we're helping establish an international prayer house here in Athens. Our ho- hope is to uh, eventually get it to one uh, to a point one day where it's going to be 24 hours a day, every day, prayer and worship being offered up uh, to God here in this city. So we're working hard at establishing that just by doing these uh, like short weekend 48-hour blitzes of prayer and worship. We're working on that. We're working on hosting teams. We're hosting lots of teams. Every week it seems like there's at least two or three teams from all around the world here in the town uh, reaching out to the refugees, uh, helping feed them, serve them, and whatever we can, as well as Greeks that are homeless. Um, yeah, we're just getting readjusted, having a good time. We just started a new school this week. Quick class. We learn now twice a week uh, with other people, uh, Greek and um, yeah, it's been a challenge, but it's been good for us, definitely. Yeah. So it's all excited. great to us. <laughs> but uh, but in general, the most exciting thing of everything—I mean, obviously, Eleni's amazing—but God is really moving in this city. And what we've seen in the last months is something's changing in the spiritual atmosphere. Hearts are beginning to open up, and it's really encouraging. Just uh, even the simplest conversation can so easily turn to God. And we find that hearts open up and that people are wanting to talk more. We've had a chance to share the gospel with many people. And in the last few months here, we've even had a chance to lead a couple people to Christ and baptize people right here in the sea. It's been pretty amazing to see how God's working. And that's that's Greeks, actually, coming to know the Lord. And that's not even counting the refugees that are coming to know the Lord every day here in the city. But, hey, guys, we just wanted to uh, thank you so much again for your support. We love you, and we're constantly thinking of you and praying for you guys when we're not with you. And uh, we look forward to seeing you here in Athens. Take care. All right, so that's Aaron and Susie Hoover. I know, you know, it's funny. This is about as raw as it gets, right? If any of you parents out there know, anytime you plan to do anything or try to do anything and then your kids are there, uh, it can always sort of just kind of go a different way. And so that was, that was them. They had a plan to be able to share probably, I'm sure like a concise update, a message, and then the baby kind of starts crying. And, but this is, that's ministry, to be honest with you. You know, we planted our church uh, almost three years ago. And some of you have been with us from the beginning and you've seen some of those bumps and those ups and downs and things don't always go the way that uh, you plan them to. Aaron and Susie moved to Athens and have been starting a ministry fresh. So if it sounds like, well, what's going on there? It doesn't seem like there's a lot going on. It's because they are breaking ground in Athens for what God is doing there. They've been working with ministries that are already uh, in place, uh, who are working like local churches and parachurch organizations. Um, they're setting up that prayer house that they were talking about. Um, they, they, for a good portion of their time that they were there when they were supposed to be originally thought that they were going to be setting up ministries of their own, the whole refugee crisis broke open and they spent most of their time in the refugee camps. So a lot of what they're doing is now kind of getting up and running. And we're excited because we're going to be taking a trip next October to visit with them and to share in their ministry. We'll talk about that a little bit more in a a little bit here later. But we support Aaron and Susie Hoover as a church. We have, uh, they've been with us several times. When they come back to America, they always come and they spend time with us here. So you will get a chance to meet them in person. And for those of you who are going on the Greece trip, you'll meet them next October. But we want to bless them. We want to just thank God for what they're doing. So why don't we pray together real quickly for Aaron and Susie and Eleni. Jesus, thank you for Aaron and Susie and Eleni. Thank you that you have called them. Thank you that they're obedient to you. God, I pray you would bless every part of their ministry, that you would bring them 
them resources, that you would bring them team members, that you would give them opportunities to minister, that you would connect them with ministries, that you would put everything in place so that they could reach the city of Athens and the nation of Greece and all the refugees. God, that is such a strategic place. We thank you for the ministry that you have for them. We pray you would bless them in every way and that you would let them be fruitful in their ministry. Thank you for what you're doing through Aaron and Susie. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, and now I'd like to show us an update from our friends Peter and Courtney Good. Last year, uh, we had Peter and Courtney who came here, uh, actually when we were still at Arsenal, and we took up an offering and we raised $1,000, which is what they needed to get their flights finished. That was the last of the amount of money that they needed. So we actually raised the money as a church and were able to get Peter and Courtney to Greece. Now, they're in a different city. They're in a place called Thessaloniki, which is further north from Athens, and that's one of the oldest cities. In fact, you might hear that name, the Book of Thessalonians. Thessalonians in the Bible is from this city, Thessaloniki. It was one of the ancient cities of Greece. And they have been there working for the last year or so, a uh, year and a half, getting themselves up and running. And so we're going to hear from Peter and Courtney right now what's going on with them too. Hey guys, we are Peter and Courtney Good, and this is our daughter Maven. And uh, we live here in Thessaloniki, Greece, and we've been here for the past 18 months. And so we just wanted to send you all a quick little update Uh, It's been an exciting first half of our first term here. Uh, We've done so much with language learning and culture learning, um, you know, but there's been a huge thing that's been on the news and has been a part of our lives, and that's been the recent refugee crisis here in Europe. Um, Just an hour north of where we live is a hot spot for where all of the refugees were traveling through. And some days there were only a few hundred, but most days there were several thousand. And so for the first beginning months of our term here, we were spending a lot of days in that very spot, giving out uh, food, giving out water, giving out jackets and boots and shoes. Um, serving practical needs, but um, you know, it was something that we couldn't deny in our lives, this need to reach out to the refugees that were crossing our borders. That work's not done. Uh, that We have, currently have 60,000 refugees who are still in Greece, mm-hmm. and so we continue to go to camps weekly uh, to see uh, people, um, just br- you know, to bring hope to people mm-hmm. in this current situation. Uh, so that's been something that's been happening here in Thessaloniki. And it's been a confirmation for us because if this happened um, really, uh, really blew up right after we um, we, act, we moved here. Um, it was a confirmation for us that not only had God called us to this location, but he called us in this season. Um, and so we're grateful that we could be here and be your hands and feet um, and be able to be a part of, of what's happening here and, um, and being a part of bringing hope and light and Jesus to uh, people that may not have access to that in their home countries. And so it's been really cool to, to, to see God at work in that. Um, we've also been really involved with our local church, Zoe Thessaloniki. It's a, it, it's a church that was started in 2012. And so um, it's just been really cool to just to plug in and just serve there. We've been involved um, on our local university campus. Um, we've been working out of the iHeart Cafe ministry platform, which has been really cool to see how God uses business as mission. And um, and so um, we have been, it's been a great, great year and we're excited for all that God has in store. I've been partnering recently with A21 to raise awareness and lower the demand for human trafficking in, here in Greece. And there've been some really exciting things that have been happening with that. And so um, it's been a great, uh, a great 
season. And so we are so grateful for your support. We are grateful for all that God has already done. And we're just looking forward to what he is going to continue to do. Um, there's a song that you may know that says, um, let the ruins come to life in the beauty of your name. And when we look outside the window of our house, we see ruins, ancient ruins. Everywhere you go in Greece, there's ancient ruins. And, um, and that's really our prayer for the city. Like, let the ruins come to life in the beauty of your name. God, bring revival, bring restoration and redemption to this place where that, that, was, um, that was the birthplace of the gospel. Um, and so we just appreciate your support. We ask that you would join us in praying for that. Um, we love you guys. We appreciate you. Make sure you, uh, you can check us out on Facebook, follow along on our journey. Uh, we'd love to just give out updates and let you know what's going on in our lives there as well. So thanks so much for your prayers. Thanks so much for this chance just to share uh, in service today. And I uh, appreciate you guys so much. All right. So uh, if anybody is interested in kind of following the Good Family um, on Facebook, they have a group, and it's because of the nature of the way that Greece works, they don't let let people call themselves missionaries. So they have to have kind of like a private group, but they invite anybody into it. So if anyone's interested in kind of getting connected with that group, um, just see me after service, and I can give you the information. That way, on your Facebook feed, you can see updates that they give, and you also get emails and things if you sign up for those as well. So. Um, so those are two of the missionary uh, families that we, uh, that we support as a church. Um, we believe in missions. We believe in what God is doing, uh, not just uh, here, but also abroad. I mean, the Bible clearly says to go into all the world. Now, that includes our backyard, but that includes to nations where people have not heard about Jesus at all or, um, or don't have access to, to the gospel. And so uh, we're just grateful for people who listen to the Holy Spirit. Not everyone is called to be missionaries, but every one of us are called to be a part of missions work and what God is doing and sharing the gospel. And so we're thankful for Peter and Courtney Good and, and uh, for Maven, their daughter, who also, as you know, is the pattern, has been recently born as well. So, um, and then with Aaron and Susie and Eleni um, Hoover, we're so excited for what God is doing with them. But let's pray for Peter and Courtney, and then we're going to move on in our service. Father, thank you again for willing hearts. Thank you for Peter and Courtney and Maven. God, they've been through some, uh, some, some medical things this year, and there were some fears or worries, God. But you are always faithful. You, you bless those who step out in faith. And I pray that you would give them a double blessing, God, that this year would be an incredible year for them, that 2017 would be a year of fruitful ministry for them, that every resource dollar that they need for every connection relationally that they need, everything would be put into place, God, and that many people would come to know your son Jesus in 2017 because of the ministry of Peter and Courtney Good. Thank you for them. Bless them, God, and let your name be lifted up because of them in Greece. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, I'd like to try to get more updates as often as we can from them. It's tough because in Greece, the internet is not great. So both of them, uh, the couple said that it's tough for them to upload videos because it takes forever and it's very spotty. So we'll try to get updates as much as we can. But again, Facebook is a fantastic place for that. So if either of uh, would like to know from either of them, let me know and I can try to get you connected with them uh, online. Okay, uh, what we're going to do now is move real quickly into just talking about our missions trips next year. We are excited to announce that in 2017, Encounter Church is going on two separate missions trip opportunities. 
Uh, we are serious about spreading the gospel, about sharing the good news of Jesus to the world. And there are two opportunities. We've talked about this before. In the summer, our church is taking a trip to Madagascar with SOS Adventure. Uh, and then in fall and October, we're taking a trip to Greece to visit with Aaron and Susie Hoover. And uh, we actually have several people already signed up for that group. But what I wanted to focus on today was Madagascar. I want to just, if I could be your pastor here just for a second and, and kind of share something. Um, I feel like that there are some people in our congregation who have heard God say to them, at least in some form, they believe that God spoke to them and impressed on them that Madagascar was where they should consider or that God was putting something in their heart about it. And maybe you've ignored it or maybe you've been afraid to think about it. Um, and maybe the cost was the reason that maybe because it seems like such an expensive trip, it's $3,800. It's a lot of money, especially for families. I understand that. But I want you to know something is that if God calls you to do something, he will provide every single cent that is needed for whatever it is he's called you to do. And I can be a, an attested to that, a testament to that. When I was called to go to India, which I just did a couple months ago, um, or a month or so ago, uh, I didn't have that money, and that was $3,000, and, and God provided it well in advance. So I just, I just want to say that if there is someone in the room who has felt like, for whatever reason, God had put your heart on Madagascar, but you have not stepped out into that space, I encourage you to take that step of faith because God will provide. And sometimes what it takes is the action, the obedience of faith, and then the provision comes. So uh, Aaron and Mary uh, Ashton, our worship pastor, and, and Mary is our life groups director. They're not here today. They're actually celebrating Thanksgiving with their family. Aaron and Mary are leading the trip to Madagascar in the summer, and they have been praying for six individuals to go on the trip. Now, I'm not saying that all six of those have to come from our church, but they just felt like that's what they needed to believe for. That means that there are people in this room who are going to be going to Madagascar in the summer if they're obedient to what the Lord is saying to them. So I just want to encourage you and challenge you today to listen and pray and, and consider and ask the Lord whether or not God would be calling you to Madagascar. Real briefly, I want to bring Dylan Witte up here. Dylan uh, is a new friend to us at Encounter. He's been coming for a little bit lately and uh, just excited to know this brother, a uh, great man of God who has just such a fire in his heart to, to share the name of Jesus with the nations. And, uh, and he's just a really cool guy. And he's got a great sweater on today too, doesn't he? Um, yeah, well, I love my sweater, and he complimented me, too, so I had to do the same thing for him. But Dylan's going to share with us uh, about a trip that he took uh, to Africa. He's been on a few of the different SOS trips, and even though he hasn't been to Madagascar, I think you're planning on trying to go to Madagascar. Uh, I just wanted Dylan to just take a couple quick minutes to just share what it's like there on that kind of a trip, because the SOS adventure trip to Madagascar is different than the one that we're taking to Greece. But uh, God is doing incredible work in these ministries in those types of trips. Share with us just real briefly, like what it's like there and what God does in your heart and why you think that people should go. So uh, yeah, Mission, North, Mission SOS is an organization led by uh, evangelist Johannes Lomritzers from Stockholm, Sweden. Basically, so when you hear the word missions, I know at least for me, at least two years ago, missions was like, oh, all right, that's great. You know, that, good for them. I'm not called to do that, but good for them. But uh, yeah, two things had to happen before I had a fire to go to the nation's preaching gospel. Number one, I had to have a proper teaching about the Great Commission. Number two, I just had to go. And so I was a part of the Northeast Ministry School, which is a school based out of uh, Allison Park Church. And we, uh, we had to take the mission trip, so there really wasn't an option for me. But So basically, once I got to Kampala, I had no idea what to expect. I'm like super uncultured. I'm not a cultured person at all. I'm not like, yeah, Africa. So I, I kind of like played it off like I knew what I was going to expect, but I had no idea what to expect going to Africa. But when I got there, there was just such a peace that like came over me like, all right. You read the Bible, you talk about these things, and 
Jesus is talking about demons coming out, and he's laying hands on the sick, and blind people are seeing again, and deaf people are hearing again, and, and you read it like it's some kind of history book. You read it like that, okay, that's cool, Jesus did that, his disciples did that, but that's dead now, let's, you know, let's go on this level. We're in modern day society, that doesn't exist anymore, but let me tell you, when you get to Africa, or you get to one of these unreached places where they've never heard the gospel, those people have more faith than the Christian church does here. I was challenged by some of the faith that these, that these people, there was young men my age that never heard of this Savior before, and I'm preaching to them, and I'm like, this is, this is not going to go well. This is not good. I've never preached before. I've been asked to do things I've never done before. And I'm, and I'm preaching my first message out on, on a street at a gas station somewhere, and, and, I, and I do the altar call for salvation. Meanwhile, still thinking, like, this is going to be terrible. And people just start coming up to the front to receive Jesus. And I'm, like, awestruck. Like, I don't know how to, like, register this in my head that this is happening right now. I'm preaching, and I've never done this before. I've never been to Africa before. I've never been on a missions trip before. I come from a family that has no idea what missions is about. And here I am preaching for the first time in this country I've never been to, and people are receiving Jesus. They're raising hands for salvation, and these people have more faith than I do. I remember this one. Now, now I was struggling whether I should tell the story or not because it's kind of out there if we haven't really been living that, that, that the book of Acts lifestyle where you read the book of Acts and believe it. And it's, you know, it's not just a history book, but I walk into this tent where people are, are supposed to receive freedom from, from demonic oppression, demonic spirits. In Africa, there's a lot of heavy demonic spirits going on. A lot of people do a lot of voodoo, things of that nature. I'm sure you've you know, at least read about it. And, and, and so this woman is, is tossing herself on the ground violently. And I've, I've never seen anything like this. Like I said, I'm totally uncultured. Western kid. I have no idea. I, read, I still read comic books. Like, I don't know what this is. And she's tossing herself on the ground. They're praying over it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you've got to be kidding me. Like, this, this is what I walk into. I'm so unready for this. And we're just praying for her. And, and, and she gets free from the spirit. And I have a, a mentor, uh, Samuel Strandberg with Mission SOS. He says, she's not leaving the tent until she's baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I'm not equipped for this. And I'm the only one there. And I have to step out in this faith and, and pray for her to receive the Holy Spirit. And she receives it instantly. And tears are streaming down her face. And she's crying. The same woman that two minutes ago she was tossing herself on the ground violently is praying in tongues. And she's crying with joy. And I'm just, I can hear the Holy Spirit at this moment saying, thank you. Thank you. I'm saying, God, no, thank you for this. I don't deserve this. And I hear the Holy Spirit saying, thank you for raising that money, for, 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 for believing in me for funds, for getting on an airplane when you don't like to fly, for coming here that this person could receive my love, that this person could experience my glory. Thank you for being obedient to me. I know it's not easy to raise 3000 something dollars. It's not. But when you believe that God's grace comes upon you when you're walking in obedience to him, it will. His favor comes upon you in ways that I can't really even explain. Bills get paid at the same time I'm raising money for mission trips. I don't know how to explain it. But God wants you to go. He will provide. And he's going to use you. That's the best part is what I've experienced is how much God loves me because I am so unworthy so unworthy of the things that he used me to do in Uganda. And like, that is the greatest part is you come back with a fire to reach your own people, to reach your own community, to reach the people of Lawrenceville, to reach the people of Pittsburgh. And that's why I just encourage you, if anybody is interested, talk to me, talk to Jared, sign up today. Don't wait. Don't let yourself think about it. Think about it. Think yourself out of it. Think yourself into it and talk to one of us because we'll be here. Thank you guys. Awesome. Let's give Dylan a hand. Man, I, I haven't known Dylan long, but uh, just a few times just last several weeks, just speaking to him, talking to him, he just challenges me. God is using this man uh, greatly. He's got a passion and a fire for Jesus, and it's contagious, and I love it. Again, guys, uh, 
you know, we're going on two trips next year. The Greece trip is going to be incredible. We're going to be going there and doing ministry with Aaron and Susie, working with the refugees in a variety of ministries there, praying, doing things on the street. But the Madagascar trip, I want to highlight it again. You will not be the same, I promise you, but in good ways. I, I'm just telling you guys, like, you will go there and you will see what you are craving for. I'm telling you, you read the Bible. If you were like me and you read the Bible and you're like, God, I see all this stuff in here and that's exciting. And I don't see a lot of that happening here in America in my own life. And then it causes you to doubt. It causes you to fear or to worry that maybe like you missed something or that somehow you're like that maybe that's done or that's not real or whatever. I promise you God is alive and it does happen in America. We just don't see it a lot and we don't, we don't have the faith. We don't believe for it. We don't see it. I'm telling you, there's just, there's all sorts of dynamics, but go on this trip to Madagascar and God's going to do incredible work in your heart. If you're interested, it just takes a hundred bucks to get signed up. That's all it takes. And that's your step of faith. If you believe that you hear the Holy Spirit saying, I want you on this trip, then step out in faith and then we will work with you and God will provide. I promise you. That's all I'm going to say for the rest of the day about Madagascar, unless you want to ask me something about it later. But Aaron is the leader. Aaron Ashton's our leader for the trip. Talk to me, talk to him, talk to Dylan, and we'll get you hooked up with that. All right, cool. All right, we only have a few minutes left, and I have a very short devotional that I just wanted to share with you to kind of cap all of this off. And uh, I think I'm just going to let Scripture speak for itself. So if you guys have your Bibles, chapter 9, Matthew chapter 9, open them up to Matthew 9, and it's also going to be on the screen here as well. Um, I was praying this week, and some of you may have seen on Facebook that I had actually posted something about this particular passage. And as I was preparing this week for today, I just felt like um, God had a very specific thing he wanted to say to us about this, knowing that today was our mission's focus. Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 to 38. If you have your Bibles or your smartphones, your Bible app, open them up to that. All right, this is where it begins in verse 35. It says, Jesus traveled through all the towns in the villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness, Verse 36, and when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and they were helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he turned to his disciples and he said, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his fields. Just a couple things I wanted to kind of say about this passage. I felt like God put it on my heart. If you go back to verse 35, the very first part, it says, Jesus traveled through all the towns and all of the villages, teaching in synagogues and announcing the good news in the kingdom. This to me says movement versus stagnation, right? Movement. Every time we see Jesus, he's going somewhere or he just came from somewhere or he's about to go to somewhere. Every time we see the disciples, they're moving somewhere else. The commands that we see of God all throughout Scripture, in the Old Testament, into the New Testament with Jesus and the Gospels, and then further on we see in the book of Acts and the epistles, the disciples are always moving somewhere. And the, the, the opposite end of that is stagnation. What happens when we don't move is that we actually see things get busted and broken and infighting. We talked about this weeks ago with the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea is filled with salt, but because it has no outlet, everything is dead inside of that sea because there is no way for it to go out. There is no movement happening. Anytime we see stagnation in water, disease comes, mosquitoes come, it breeds problems, right? This is what happens when things are stagnant. And we see Jesus now traveling through all the towns, preaching the gospel. 
And then Jesus, before he goes to heaven, we talked earlier, he says, go into all the world. And he says, you will go into Jerusalem, to Judea, to Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Like the, the language that is used constantly is movement, going, not allowing yourself to sit and become stagnant in your own life and becoming bored. That's the first thing, movement versus stagnation. He goes on in verse 36, and he says, And when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless. I think that's a key for missions, a key for, for the concept of sharing the gospels. We have to have compassion. There were so many times in Scripture that Jesus, that, that it would talk about Jesus seeing someone, it says, and he was moved with compassion. Jesus wasn't just a magician. He wasn't just a, a showman or a performance individual. He didn't come into town, set up a, you know, a stage with lights and fog and said, now watch me do my magic tricks and heal people. No, Jesus went to the alleyways. Jesus went to the places where people were sick and he would go to them and he would talk to them and it would say he was moved with compassion. And then in this case, it says that he was walking and as he was going on, he saw the crowds and he had compassion because they were confused. And they were helpless. And I think about our town. I think about Pittsburgh. I think about the neighborhood that I live in or maybe the ones that you live in. And I think about how I see um, all these different shops of, of different religious icons all over the place. When I was in India, I saw uh, in every store there were, there were idols of different gods. They have over a thousand gods. But we're not any different here in America. We worship money. We worship our jobs. We worship our houses, right? We worship our relationships. We worship yoga. We worship Eastern medicines. We worship organic food. We worship all of these things that we wouldn't say that we worship, but we do because we put our hope in them. We put our lives in them. And people everywhere are confused. People are hurting. I just felt like as I was reading the scripture, this is what God was saying to me. He says, Jared, in your own backyard, in the neighborhoods of the people who live in the, in the city, the people who come to your church, their neighbors, they are confused. They are lost. They are broken and they are hurting. And Jesus had compassion on them. I think that's the example for us that we have to have compassion on people. It's so easy to be frustrated with people who don't agree with us, with people who are different than us, people who have different lifestyles than us, people who have different religions than us. And for us to judge them or be angry at them, especially when we want to share with them. But Jesus didn't do that. Jesus had compassion on them. And so now, instead of me looking at people and, think, and thinking, oh, they'll never want to hear about Jesus. They'll never want to. They, they hate Christians. They think we're nothing but hypocrites, and they judge us all the time. Instead of me coming from that perspective, I look at them, and I say, God, give me your heart for them. When I see that person who is as far from God and who has a stick, a sign out in his hand, and he says, God is dead, or God hates you, or whatever it might say, instead of being angry at that guy, I want to have compassion. Because if I love him, then maybe he'll listen to the message that I have. Moving on in verse 37, Jesus then said to his disciples, the harvest is great. What do you mean, Jesus? The harvest is great? Like, I feel like if I were to go try to tell any about, about, anyone about Jesus, they would, they would reject me, that they would say no, that they don't want to hear about me, that my religion is ancient, it's archaic. Nobody wants to hear about this Jesus guy because they worship science, they worship other things. But you know what Jesus said? No, no, no. He said the harvest is great. But the workers are few. And the part that I got out of that was that the harvest is great, but not many go. Not many people take it as a responsibility. I grew up in a church where I felt like missions meant Africa. Or missions meant Europe. Or missions meant Asia. But missions is the great commission, the co-mission, the partnering mission. Means in Jerusalem, which is where they were, 
Judea, which is the south of them, Samaria, which was north of them, and then the ends of the earth. The Great Commission includes your backyard. It includes the, the town over. It includes Lawrenceville and Carnegie. It includes Millvale and Allison Park. It includes Monroeville and Hagerstown, Maryland. And it includes New York City. It includes London. It includes Africa. It includes Asia. The Great Commission is everywhere. But the workers are few, it says. He says, he's looking at his own disciples. He's saying, if you just share my love with them, if you would just go and have compassion like I do, the harvest is plentiful. It is great, but the workers are few. Not many of us are willing to even partner with Jesus in the mission that he has for us. And then he continues and he says, So, we obviously recognize as a problem, pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his fields. And I thought about that this week and it kind of hit me. And it was like, perhaps... Perhaps I'm looking in the wrong places for the harvest. Perhaps you and I are, are trying to raise corn on cement. Perhaps we're not asking the Lord of the harvest who's in charge of the harvest where we should be going. Perhaps we're not paying attention to the direction of the Holy Spirit that is saying to you that person that you don't know is ready for the harvest, but the person you've been talking to for the last five years is not ready. Because if we are workers of the harvest, we have to talk to the guy who's in charge of the harvest field and listen to him, and he's going to tell us, no, no, that one's not ripe yet. Why did you go trying to chop down the fruit that's not ready to be pulled off yet? Because you're just going to, it's not going to be ready. And instead, he's got this whole field over here with all these plants that are ready to go. And he says, that's the field to go to. And he says, and then ask me for workers. Ask me for workers. And I would say, Ask him to send you, to send us. Like, I feel like for whatever reason, this missions thing is like freaks people out because they think that they have to go to other worlds. What we're really saying is, God, if the harvest is truly in my backyard, if there are people in my neighborhood who don't know you, who are ready to hear the gospel, if I would just give it to them, would you send me? Like, that's what he's saying. He's not saying quit your job, raise money, pack up your stuff, and move to, to, to Europe. That's not what he's saying. For some of you, he might be one day. And maybe that's scary to you, but for some of you, that's an adventure that God's putting in your heart. But for most of us, it's just right here. And he's just waiting for you to say, like Dylan said, like, are you willing? Are you willing to be a part of the co-mission, the great co-mission? Jesus has raised up his church with a singular task, and that is to give Jesus to everyone. And I look at Aaron and Susie Hoover, and I look at Peter and Courtney Good, and I look at the countless missionaries who go around the world. I look at the trip that I went on and how we went and we preached the gospel. And just like Dylan was saying, you see people who are hungry for it because they've never heard. You know what part of the problem is in our country is that the name of Jesus is a curse word more than it is anything else. And so they've heard of Jesus, but they've never seen him. They've never experienced what he can do in their life. And instead, most Christians want to walk up to someone out of the blue and say, hey, do you know Jesus? And there's a place for that, but you know what they need? Compassion. They need you to build a relationship with them. They need you to show them who, who he is and to show them that you don't care about anything other than loving them and preaching the gospel in a way that is understandable and makes sense. 
There's so many different ways for us to do this, but I just, I just felt like the biggest thing out of this was that God is saying the workers are few. What a shame that 2,000 years ago Jesus said that it was a problem. And now we're sitting here today and we all complain about our country and how, how so many things are going wrong and around the world. And I believe with all my heart that the only answer to every problem, to every politic, to every division is the salvation of Jesus. I believe it in everything in my being. And if we would just give people Jesus, that suddenly those things that they had questions about, the frustrations, the searching, the hurting, the pain, the habits and the addictions and the behaviors that they were negative that they were doing begin to cease because of Jesus. The harvest is great. The harvest is here in Lawrenceville. The harvest is here in Pittsburgh. It's in Carnegie. It's in Millvale. It's all over. If we would just listen to the Holy Spirit and be obedient. But it starts with us saying, ask the Lord of the harvest to send more workers into the fields. And I'm here as your pastor saying, God, send more workers. Send us. And I would pray that that is your prayer today as well. Send us. So I want to wrap up with this. I just, I really feel like this, this coming year, 2017, is going to be mark the year of evangelism at Encounter Church. I don't know exactly what that means, but I can tell you that I just, as your pastor, but as more, more, more importantly, as a brother in Christ, I just feel like God is saying, Jared, it is time now to mobilize. It is time to move. We have been doing incredible work. We've been obedient to God. God has raised up Encounter Church to be a, a lighthouse in this community. But it is more than just Lawrenceville now. God is expanding the vision of this house to be for Pittsburgh, for the East End. And because of it, in order for us to reach more people, that means he's not doing it just so more people get into chairs. Jesus wants to hurt the bro- to help the broken. He wants to help those who are hurting. And he wants them to have salvation. He wants them to be no longer slaves to fear. He wants them to be children of God. He wants to answer their problems. He wants to say, I'm here. When they're saying, God, are you there? And everyone says, well, God, just show yourself. And he says, I want to send you to show them that he was real. We must be concerned with what God is concerned with. And as a church, every other priority, I want you to hear me, I want everybody to look at me in the eyes. Every other priority takes a backseat to the mission of sharing the gospel. As a church, every other priority takes a backseat to the mission of the gospel. We will continue to have life groups. We will continue to to serve our community. We will continue to have worship services and we will continue to preach about other parts of the Bible. But the reason that we exist is to share the gospel with a world that desperately needs it. And in 2017, that is our greatest focus. Would you pray with me? Let's stand and Just pray. I want to finish by saying this. I wrote this down. When we focus our attention on the priority of God, his blessing follows. A couple years ago, we did a series called The Blessed Life. And it started out as a financial series to understand that when we give to God, because that's part of his priorities of being generous, his blessing flows in our lives. But it is so much more than that. What I just said 
that when we focus our attention on the priority of God, his blessing flows. That is the blessed life. And there is something that happens when as a church, we prioritize ourselves with the mission of the gospel. And when we do that, what you find is that his blessing flows on our church. When you do that in your personal life, the blessing flows in your personal life. So many of us, myself included, want God to break through into areas of our lives, and he does in other areas, but it's not fully realized because we're not obedient to one critical part of the message of God, and that is sharing the gospel with a nation, with our city. I realize that some of this sounds a little vague. You're like, great, I hear it. What are we going to do? And we'll talk more about that. But right now, I believe it's our heart that is the most important. We have to become people that are willing to position ourselves, willing to posture ourselves, and a willingness, the willing heart, like Dylan said, thank you for being obedient. So as we move into 2017, as we come through Thanksgiving and we move into Christmas, I just want us to be thoughtful. Let's just be listening to the voice of God because I believe this is not just for a pastor or for the leaders, that in fact it is for every Christian that all of us are to be used by God to just bring the gospel message, the love of Jesus, the salvation of Jesus to every person, to give them a chance to hear it and to respond. And when we do, his blessing will follow. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for what you are doing in Peter and Courtney Good's life. Thank you for what you're doing in Aaron and Susie Hoover. God, thank you for what you're doing with, the, uh, with, with, the, with Jody and Mike Annis in, in Mongolia. Thank you for the countless other people who have laying their lives on the line to go to other countries. Thank you for Samuel Strandberg. Thank you for Johannes Armritzer. Thank you for local pastors. Thank you for Eric Germison. Thank you for Jeff Leak. God, thank you for Brian Bolt. Thank you for so many people who have said, God, I will go and I will respond to you, whether in America, whether in the city, or whether it's abroad. Thank you that you are blessing their lives. Thank you that thousands of people are coming to know Jesus, that same hope that we have. Thank you that you are giving it to those who are broken, who are lost, and who are confused. But yet now we turn our attention to this city, to this neighborhood, to our lives, to where we live, I pray you would open our eyes to see our backyards, to see our neighbors, to see the people who live across the street, the people who are on the roads, on the buses. God, the people who are in the cubicles next to us, the people in line at the grocery store. I pray that you would open our eyes to see them with compassion like you did. God, would you get this into our hearts? Let us be hungry for it. Let us burn inside. God, let it hurt us if we don't share the gospel. Let it feel like it's, like it's something that has to get out. Birth this inside of us, God. Make us ready for 2017 because it is going to be a year where we're going to see these chairs filled with people who have never heard about Jesus and have given their lives to you. We're going to baptize more people this year. Praise you, God, for what you're going to do. I believe it. Would you raise up leaders? God, I call now, I ask for you to raise up leaders, send workers into the fields of this city. And God, we ask for your blessing to flow on every person who is obedient to that message. Be with us this week as we prepare for Christmas and as we get into this holiday season. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives, in our hearts, and in this church. Keep us safe. Let us be used by you. Fill us with your power. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you call Encounter Church Home or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, 
you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterGiving.com. Also, stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EncounterPGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.